Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. They followed God no matter what. We'll talk about it, Noah. Noah had never seen rain. God says, build a boat. Well, what's rain? What's a flood? I mean, talk about amazing faith. He built a boat. He'd never seen rain. Nobody had ever seen rain. So you think, well, I've got a lot of faith. Put yourself in some of these shoes as we go through and these people have faith. Have you ever seen a child's first experience with rain? Some think it's the most amazing thing while others are terrified by it. Imagine being Noah, just living your life, doing your work, and loving your family and God. Then God tells you he's sending this thing called rain. And to save yourself and your family, you have to build a boat. As you'll hear in Pastor Mark's teaching today, Noah and many other Old Testament figures simply trusted God to do what he said he was going to do and acted on their belief. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, Faith, God's Gymnasium. By the way, as you look at this chapter 11, and I think it's very important because of the attack on the Word of God, Paul, a Bible scholar, brilliant, he believed in the Old Testament. Everything we're going to do here in chapter 11 is from the Old Testament. He believed in it. He based his life on it. And of course, we do as well. 1 Peter 1.7 gives us something. You don't need to turn there, but the next thing I want you to write is this. The reason we title teaching God's Gymnasium is because faith must be exercised or tested to grow. Faith is simply like a muscle. It has to be exercised if it's going to get stronger, or it will atrophy. The flabby arm deal. It'll just be there, waving in the breeze. It's kind of ugly. We don't like to see it. So it's got to be exercised a little bit, a little firmness. You know, when your wife hugs you guys, she doesn't start singing J-E-L-L-O. You wanted to hear Sadie Rocky or something like that. Yeah, yeah, right. Maybe God can't help with that one either, I guess, but whatever. First Peter 1.7 says this. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. These trials come that your faith 
may be proven genuine. Now, God knows, because he designed us, that he designed our lives to be one venture of faith after another. And that's what this chapter is really a picture of. It's a picture of the Old Testament gymnasium of faith. All these individuals that we go through, they're tested many times by very difficult situations. Things thought totally impossible, and yet they had to exercise that faith. So I gave you a very simple definition of faith. I'm going to give you one that's a little longer, and you don't really have to write it down, but I want you to understand it. Because many people have some faith, but their faith isn't growing, and it's not really active. So here's what I call active faith, and I'll just read it to you. Believing the Word of God, very simple to the regular definition, believing the Word of God or His promises and acting on it, not just believing on it. Believing isn't enough. And acting on it, no matter how I feel or what I see, because God promises a good result. In other words, a baby Christian isn't going to get this part. But as we move along... My faith has to be active. Ventures of faith mean I have to take steps of faith. I have to obey when I don't know what the outcome is going to be. All I know is God said, do it. And I have to take that step of faith. And as I do that, my faith then becomes active. It isn't just this nice definition of faith. As you know, we're saved by faith, and that has nothing to do with our what we're talking about here. This is living by faith, walking by faith. You'll see worshiping. By faith. So I believe the word of God enough that I act on it. And I continue to act on it because God promised me it's going to be okay, even when things at the moment don't look like it's going to be that way. Now be careful that you don't become presumptuous with that. A lot of people do that. We just want to hear God and understand what He says and then take those ventures of faith. We leave that in God's hand because He says to go for it. Now, turn with me to James chapter 2. We won't take a lot of time in this, but you know the big dichotomy, James and Paul, faith, works, how we flow all that out. James chapter 2, verse 17, I think Hughes in his commentary gives a great visual picture of how this works. James 2, 17, in the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. That's why I gave you the definition of active faith. You don't want dead faith. Dead faith is useless. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. Now, Hughes says this, Just picture two wings of a bird. One wing is faith. One wing is righteous works, fruit, because I'm a Christian. Listen to this. Faith and righteous works are like the wings of a bird. There can be no real life, no flight with a single wing, whether works or faith. Not going anywhere, okay? 
But when the two are pumping in concert, their owner soars through the heaven. Authentic faith produces an authentic life that flies high. Isn't that a beautiful picture? So see, you can't say, well, I got a lot of faith. Well, what are you doing for God? Nothing. No, you're just waving in the wind. Well, I do all these works. They're all me. It's all me. God isn't part of me. That's useless. No, you have to have faith. God says, here's the venture. Go do it. You step out in faith, and you take a step of faith and a step of action. And you work hard, as we showed you. And all of a sudden, things are accomplished. That's the balance of this. Don't get it misunderstood. So when we have faith, obedience is a huge part of faith. Faith produces obedience, and obedience will then produce good works or fruit as a result. Listen to this statement. To believe, to have faith, and not to act is not yet to believe. Because I only truly believe, I only truly believe that which motivates me to action. I.e., you go to the airport. You're ready for your trip. There's the plane. You see it pull up with its big nose in the window. You see that 747. Somebody says to you, man, I don't know how those things fly. Do you? No. And you were doing pretty good until they came up and started talking to you. <laughs> then you go up to the gal at the desk and says, anybody got any Xanax? I, I think I need to go to sleep right now. Would you just carry me on the plane? No, then you begin to doubt. And you say, well, I have faith. Absolutely, I have faith. That plane, I mean, if they do it every day, there's millions of flights all over the world every month. I have faith they can do it. They know it. They've got it all together. I have faith they train the people. There's the mechanics working on it right now. I have faith. Everybody gets on. And the guy you're talking to says to you, come on, you're the last person. Well, I'm not getting on. Well, don't you have faith? Oh, I have faith. But I'm not getting on. Do you understand? That person has what? He doesn't have faith. You have to put action into it. So when you see that, hopefully with the plane, it's easy for you to understand. There has to be some action that happens with this. Good works, remember, don't save us. This isn't about good works. They just confirm that we have saving faith. By their fruits, you will know them. Now back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. Faith, this is what the ancients were commended for. The new king, James, says, For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. What, you write in your Bibles, you can do this or you can put it in your notes, whatever. What is verse 2? This is the reward of faith. What is the reward of faith? It's God's approval. It's righteous, being righteous with God. Now remember, God loves to watch his children live by faith. In fact, faith pleases God when we trust him and when we follow his promises. Right there, you close by, look down to verse 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So this whole chapter is about the reward of faith, God's approval. These people 
these elders, these ancients, whatever your translation is, they were men and women of faith. They took steps. It was active. And because of this, they followed God no matter what. We'll talk about it. Noah. Noah had never seen rain. God says, build a boat. Well, what's rain? What's a flood? I mean, talking about amazing faith. He built a boat. He'd never seen rain. Nobody had ever seen rain. So you think, well, I've got a lot of faith. Put yourself in some of these shoes as we go through. And whoo, these people had faith. They really trusted and believed God. Now, as they go through, I think this is a beautiful picture. The writer, I think it's Paul, who knows, as he writes these, this little Old Testament history of these individuals, their testimony, it would be a great encouragement to these Hebrews who are wavering in the commitment. You see, Paul is going to encourage him by saying, Listen to the stories of your relatives and what happened with your relatives and how they exercised their faith in difficult times. And he's going to kind of say this to them, although they didn't know that word in those days. He said, if you look back at them, you have their DNA. You're Jewish. You have that nature of God in you just like everybody does, but you kind of have their DNA. Kind of go for it. We've heard this in the political time this last few weeks, haven't we? When, when we see the Kennedys go with Obama. And what are they saying? We kind of see Jack Kennedy, his DNA in Obama. And it kind of gets the crowd roused up. Well, this is what Paul's saying. Hey, the people I'm going to talk to you about are your relatives. They see. They understand what you're going through. They're in heaven, they can't see it now, but you can see their faith in the positive outcome. So be encouraged. Now, notice the word, the elders obtain a good testimony. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 for a second. Why a testimony? How important is a testimony from someone else? I mean, you can remember the old days when we had testimonies in church. Some of you that are really old say, you're not going to do that, are you? No, we're not going to do that. Where they got up and you felt more depressed after you heard the testimony than you did before. First Corinthians chapter 3, notice this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. You see, it's very important that you're connected in this church to a small group. Whether it's men, ladies, couples, home group, Bible study group, choir, breaking bread group, doesn't matter. It's very important you're connected. You know why? Because you're going to need to be comforted. You're going to need to be encouraged. And God knows how to put people together to encourage us. So you have a situation you've gone through in your life. Maybe some of you have gone through bankruptcy or very difficult financial situations. 
Or some of you ladies have lost a child. Some of you have had an abortion. Some of you have had cancer surgery. Some of you ladies have had both your breasts removed. Some of you guys had prostate cancer. Well, if God puts you in touch with another person who is going through that, and you've gone through it, and you're doing wonderful, you can give a testimony that's very encouraging to them. See, we don't want to keep it to ourselves. We want to say, I know exactly what you're going through. Some of you have prodigal children. They're away from God. Others of you have them. And see, if somebody in your group has that, man, can they give you comfort. Man, can they encourage you. Why? Because they know exactly how you're feeling. They know what it's like. And so I think it's important. That's what Paul's doing this. That's why the Holy Spirit's doing this. He says, look at all your relatives. All these people started all the way in Genesis, and we're just going all the way through. These people know what you're going through. And that testimony of the elders, the ancients, it's a good testimony. It's going to encourage you. So let me challenge you again. If you're not connected to a small group, man, get yourself connected. So you can be sharing comfort when people are hurting. God put us together as a family to do that. Now back to Hebrews 11.3. This is a simply an amazing verse. Let me just say this in a kind way. We have one million billion books or whatever in all these web pages proving who God is and how creation came. And let's just be honest. Let me just say this. Were any of you there? Anybody there? Nobody there. Okay? How are you going to prove it? The answer is right here. And I don't mind the little scientific things and going through all these things and back to creation and back to Genesis. I think it's wonderful. People are really talented doing that kind of stuff. Bottom line, what are we going to find out when we get to heaven? Billions and billions and billions and billions of stars, and God knows them all by name. I can't even comprehend that at all. I meet four or five of you in a store, and I go, okay, hmm. And it's not just because I'm older, it's just too many people. You say, well, I know your name, hello. <laughs> you can't keep Pastor Dean and Dave straight, though, but you can keep... No, that's all right. All right. Let's look at verse 3. Notice, by faith, say it with me, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Go ahead and meditate on that for a while. See, here's three verses. Genesis 1.1, Psalms 33.6, and 33.9. Know what they say. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Psalm 33.6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Let there be light. Now, you might have a clapper in your home. That doesn't even come close. Let there be light. Out of what? Nothing. We can't comprehend that. So he says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. Verse 9. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. So, Faith allows us to understand that God created the world out of nothing. 
except his creative word. Doesn't make sense to us. We either believe by God's word that he was the creator of the world and everything in it, or we simply don't believe that. Pastor Mark, how can I believe it? Well, look back at verse 11. What's the first two words? By faith. What is faith? Faith is believing God's word is true. God said he created it. I believe it. Should be it. Nothing wrong with you if that's your big deal in astrophysics and all those kind of things. You're much brilliant than I am. But bottom line, guess what's going to happen to him in the end? You're going to have to finally accept it by faith. Simply by faith. So when we understand that, it brings a comfort to me. Can you understand heaven? Can you understand that you're going to live forever? I can't understand that. I don't even, it's impossible for us to grab that. But we are. So notice verse 3 again. By faith, notice these words. By faith, we understand. We must believe or have faith first to understand. So a scientist who doesn't believe in God will never understand. Does that make sense to you? For me to understand the principles in the word of God, I have to have faith. Second, some things can't be proved because they are outside our logic systems. Some things simply can't be proved. That's why God is God and you and I are not. When we come to that, I simply believe it. Now, turn with me to Romans 1 for a moment. Let me show you the balance to this. For people who say, I cannot believe that, I don't believe that out of nothing, some, quote, higher power came up and created this out of nothing. I can't believe that. Well, God says, yes, you can believe it. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men. Notice, here it is. Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. Well, how do we know that? Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. You learned today from Pastor Mark's teaching that faith is a critical part of the life of the Christ follower. In fact, you can't please God without exercising faith. And just like your physical muscles, faith has to be challenged and utilized to grow or increase. You found out that this growth happens when you trust God to get you through your daily tests. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. 
subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up his teaching, Faith, God's Gymnasium. You'll get to hear Pastor Mark talk about more of the figures of Hebrews 11, the tests they had to go through, and the faith that they showed. You'll find out how you can be a proven, faithful Christ follower and how to encourage your brothers and sisters to do the same. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.